Welcome to the ChatGPT Report. I'm your host, Ryan, and we have a very special guest with us today. His name is Bobak Tavangar, the CEO and founder of Brilliant Labs. Now, Bobak has an impressive background at tech giants like Apple and Microsoft and has taken a leap into the future of technology. At the helm of Brilliant Labs, he's pioneering the Brilliant Labs Frame Multimodal AI Glasses, a game changer in how we interact with digital worlds and all open source AR device. And these glasses are a reinvention of eyewear for the AI era. Let's hear what he has to say on this sweet invention. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bobek, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Hey, Ryan. Great to be here. Fantastic. Well, hey, we try to keep these interviews within 20 minutes, so let's get right into it. And let's start right away with it. Can you tell us more about this AI eyewear that you and your team have created that is also or open source, I might add, as well? Absolutely. So we founded Brilliant Labs a couple of years ago. And our latest device is called Frame. And Frame really harnesses a lot of the exciting developments that we've all been witnessing in AI over the last year or two. And it puts it right in front of your eyes. So that means that in a really thin and lightweight pair of glasses, something that looks just like a pair of glasses many of us wear on a daily basis, you can get image generation. You can get intelligent object recognition. I uh, can tell you what you see and more information about that thing. You can get live translation of many other languages back in English. Um, uh, and of course, uh, uh, you can do so much more beyond that. Um, so uh, Frame really is sort of our first step in this exciting direction of bringing uh, generative AI right in front of the human eyes. Absolutely. And and it really is a really cool thing. It, it, if I might add, it, it, you guys released the uh, the showcasing, the, the demos, taking a look at it. It was just this past week. Am I right in that? That's right. Yeah, it's been barely a week since we announced Frame. And the response has been uh, tremendous is an understatement. We've just been overwhelmed by people's excitement. It's really cool. 
It, it is very cool, especially with all the other other products coming out there. We'll discuss that in a minute. Um, but can you discuss with us, uh, you know, a big challenge that you faced during the development of the frame? Because, uh, you know, I took a look at the demo. I looked at it, and all I could think of was how in the world did they figure out this design? Because it must have been an incredible task to come up with this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And, and, of course, we started the journey of development by looking around at the landscape and also kind of trying to read the tea leaves of what we thought should exist in the world. And we knew that it's been a long time. People have been waiting for truly smart glasses. And there's sort of like two key words there, right? It's got to be truly smart, um, not dumb smart, but truly smart. And it's got to actually look like glasses. It can't have these sort of awkward tech bumps and bulges, you know, hidden away in the arms. So um, you know, people have been waiting for that for years. So that's what we wanted to build. And we saw a shot at doing that with frames. So the hardest thing really was the systems integration. We are um, our own small team. We're really good. If I may give, uh, not, it's not me. It's, I'm giving the team a pat on the back here. It's, it's, you know, expertise in mechanical engineering, of course, industrial design, how it looks and feels, um, and then hardware engineering and, and optics. So we're, we're really good at that stuff, but the thing that we're even better at is how we work together, how we communicate, how we collaborate, um, how we always put the experience first, and how everything builds around that. Um, and so we've been able to achieve a depth of systems integration across all of these technical areas that we think makes for a really, really compelling product, something that hasn't quite existed yet. Exactly. And and I like how you said experience first. I think that is absolutely key in there because it can do all these things, but if you're not having a good experience, it's not going to work. And and I, yep. I, I want to ask, I was going to ask this later, but I'm going to ask it now. You know, why do you think devices like this are, are taking off now? And, you know, Google Glass from back in 2013 failed pretty miserably, and it's taken us almost 10 years to come back to this type of technology. Yeah, it's actually kind of fascinating, right? And this this is a bit of a pattern that happens over and over in computing history. Um, you know, we, we saw this with the Apple Newton in the late 90s, for example, a device that was, it was so close and it was so exciting and promising, but it just wasn't quite there. And it required another roughly a decade until Apple could do the iPhone. Um, so, uh, you know, that's just one example. We've seen it over and over through history and um, I think that we're beginning to see that repeat now. Google, we give them a lot of kudos, actually, for having the courage of their convictions and uh, putting out Google Glass, which I think got you know me and many others in the industry thinking in new and bold ways about what might be possible with the technology. But you know, Glass, I think um, you know one of the challenges was it was a very rigid sort of off-putting form factor. It it, it looked uh, in a way that didn't make people feel so comfortable when they were looking at someone wearing it. Um, it costs, I think it was $1,800 or $1,500, somewhere around there. So it was, it was expensive. Um, but anyway, we, we, we've kind of tried to do a bit of a postmortem on Google Glass. And the one thing that we have to point to, which I think they got wrong, um, it, it, was, it was the use case. I think back then, Google was so focused on taking the Android mobile experience, all of the apps that they do, and just putting them in front of your eyes in a new kind of device. And we think that fundamentally, a new device aligned with your powers of sight 
it should bring a new paradigm of interfacing with the computer. It shouldn't just take the old paradigm and try to you know, slap that on top. And so I think there was a fundamental tension there, both in the experience of that, but also how you execute on a device to do that. Um, and I think that just led to a lot of bad trade-offs from there. Um, and that's you know, how we ended up with Google Glass. But I do give them a lot of credit. They were early movers, and you know that means so much to how many of us are inspired to do it better. Absolutely, and and I think too, like I think you mentioned it very very well too. There, you said uh, you know they try to integrate it with their apps too much, and if you make the user have to do too many things to intro a product, it's not going to work. And I think with what you guys are doing with you know, now that we have large language models to, to kind of put, you know, to kind of rely on for this, this type of tech, it's easier to integrate it into uh, your everyday life instead of saying, Hey, you need to download all these things. Cause you know, a normal user like myself, I'm not going to go to Android, download all, all these apps. And like you said, the expense was just tremendous. The, the normal person's not going to do that. And 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 That's I think right. and I think you made a good point too. It, it it brings me back to I remember when BlackBerry actually came out with a touchscreen for their their BlackBerry sure. back in the day, and it was a couple years before the iPhone. But it was such a disaster in terms of I think they sold a million units, and then almost all of them were returned because the 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 touchscreen was not functional, and so they were just a tad too early. And then once the technology caught up with Apple, we have what we now today where, you know, the touch screens are incredible and, and there's no issues. So I, I, I think you're right in terms of they did a lot for 10 years ago, but they were just, they were just a tad early uh, in that regard as well. Now, given, given the, uh, back to the frame, I want to talk about that again, given the open source nature of this, which I, I found pretty interesting. What is, what is the most unexpected or you know modific- wild modification you've heard of or hope to see from the community uh, looking at this? Oh man, since we announced Frame, I mean, one of the coolest things beyond the just initial reception has been the feedback from the community in terms of what people are excited to build with it. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, just to sort of set the stage here, Frame will come with a lot of really awesome AI features right out of the box. So someone does not need to write a line of code. You know, you don't need to know how to write code in order to get a really great AI experience out of frame. That's good news for me. That's right. Well, uh, and good news for so many, you know, because these devices should be built, we think, for folks who are just ready to take it out of the box, put it on, and, and, and get moving through the world you know, applying it to different situations they live in. You shouldn't need to write lines of code to make this useful. Um, and, you know, that'll include translation, that'll include image generation, object recognition, uh, you know, everything we're used to with GPT, chat GPT, but also with um, uh, a web search from a company called Perplexity. You can literally search the web for what you see, which is really cool. Um, but beyond all of that, we have open source the hardware, we've open sourced the firmware and the software. And so that means that developers who want to write exciting experiences and apps, they can dig really deep into the system and optimize for their software, for their app. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, you know, to answer your question, we've got a lot of people who are coming up with um, a, a spectrum of ideas. Some of them are like, you know, teleprompters in front of your eyes, notifications, things from the phone coming in front of your eyes. Um, uh, folk, you know, uh, folks are really excited about um, uh, catering to the 
hearing impaired and the seeing impaired community mm-hmm. um, using AI on frame to write transcriptions of what someone sees or hears, um, you know, enhance the, the visual aspects of uh, what's displayed in front of you if someone is hard of seeing. Um, you know, there's, there's so much that frame can do for, for, for that community. Um, and then, of course, there's this world of AI. So, you know, and analyzing the sentiment, you know, the tone of voice, the emotion, um, the facial cues of what, you know, what the people in front of you and being able to get sort of an intelligent readout there. Um, there, there. There's so many things coming out of the woodwork in the AI community. Um, and, you know, we're just excited to see what people build with this. Yes. And, and I think I'm excited about that, too, because it's sometimes you come out with a product and you have an idea and being open source it all of a sudden that idea can flourish, you know, it can really blossom into something you had no idea where it would go. So I, I'm excited about that part of it. And, and, and in regards to that, you know, how do you distinguish this product apart from a lot of the stuff we've heard, whether that be the AI pin from humane rabbits, pocket AI of the world, as well as, as well as, you know, Meta's headset and Apple visions pro and why would someone choose the, you know, the Brilliant Labs frame over these other technologies that are coming out uh, very recently, too? Well, um, it's a great question. And, um, you know, we, we think about all of these new, you know, it's sort of this new subcategory of devices that's emerging called AI hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the pin from Humane, the AI pin. Um, the, the R1 from Rabbit, and uh, there's a few others. Um, you know, we, we consider all of them peers, um, but each of us is, is kind of attacking this, this issue or, or this, um, this challenge of embodied AI in a different, and I would say, complementary way. So I'm, you know, in general, my, just, my high-level reaction here is one of incredible excitement. Uh, it's about time that we have originality back in consumer hardware. You know, it's been a long time since we saw new kinds of devices doing new kinds of things. Um, and I think it helps us imagine how uh, computing and AI could fit into our lives and even nudge how we do things every day a little bit differently. So all of that, I think, is a net win for everyone. Um, now, I, you know, I don't have a specific critique of anyone else's stuff, except that I see all of it as complimentary. I think that you know, that there could very well be a time when, you know, you're wearing glasses and that gives you a heads up display. Um, you're, you're wearing a pin potentially. Um, and you're also, uh, uh, you, you know, you've got something like a, like a, a device from rabbit, you know, you've got an R1 or, you know, an R2 or whatever it might be, um, their next device in your pocket. Um, and all of this is just, uh, gathering an incredible amount of data, and delivering intelligent, intuitive experiences to you. Um, they're all part of this ecosystem of embodied AI. So we aspire to be a really essential part, you know, a core part of that ecosystem. I think the, the heads-up display, what sits in front of the eyes, is going to be the new interface. Um, but all these other devices will be important to, uh, you know, as peripherals, collecting data and, you know, augmenting further um, the, you know, what you're able to get out of that. So, um, we think it's awesome. You know, I'll give a specific call out to Rabbit. They do this thing called the large action model. Um, you know, there's been like, you know, some people have been excited about the hardware, but whether or not you want to carry another, um, you know, we all have a phone. So whether or not you want to carry another phone-like device in your pocket, people have different takes on that. 
Um, and it's going to be hard for them to try to replace the phone. There's a lot of inbuilt muscle and mental memory for just using our phones, whether it's an iPhone or an Android phone. It's pretty well embedded in our lives. Um, but I do think that Rabbit's large action model is exciting um, and that it's got real legs. So what that means is it's AI that not only can, can tell us about what we see and, and what we're doing, but it can also execute tasks for us. So I could be walking through a market, uh, you know, getting close to Valentine's Day, and I could see a beautiful bouquet of flowers. Not only could I use frames glasses to identify what those flowers are, get tips on how to take care of it, um, uh, get some pricing comparisons from the open market using web search, um, but I could ask frame to interface with that large action model and have it execute a purchase and delivery of flowers. Let's say I find it online for half the price that's being retailed for, um, and it looks like a good fit. You know, I want to give it to uh, to my loved one for Valentine's Day. Um, then I could have uh, the large action model help me execute on that and have it delivered to my home. So I think the prospect of AI that doesn't just tell you about what you see, but also um, helps you execute on a purchase, um, I think that's really exciting. So. That's a long-winded way of saying it's all so cool. And I think all of it uh, ought to live in complement with each other. I, I, I like that. And I think I'll plug it even a little more. It seems a little more stylish than uh, some of the other ones I've seen, like the Vision Pro and stuff. I, I want to stray away from uh, from the, what is it, the movie, the Ready Player One movie, where the, they got these huge headsets on. I, I like how they actually look like glasses. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a solid a solid plug for them as well. And I like what you said about it, it's nice that we're having different um, – different AI uh, technology coming out or, or uh, pieces of it, because it reminds me of when phones first came out. Remember they were all, you had all different styles of phone. They all did similar functions, but it was kind of dependent on what style you wanted to. And now we're kind of stuck in this. What are you an Apple or, you know, um, uh, you know, Microsoft phone, all, 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 you're stuck in two lanes now almost, you know, Google's come out with their pixel, but Back in the day when everything was first coming out, everyone had a new phone and you could you could kind of pick and choose. So I think we're, in, like you mentioned, in that stage of this AI hardware where there's a lot of original ideas coming up, a lot of original things. And it's, it's fun to look at each one and say, you know what, that's a good use case for me. I would like that as well. And, and I think to your point with Rabbit, it's a great point, like very complimentary too, because it would be nice to have a heads up display with your system. But then there's also times where it's nice to have something that you can just talk to and it'll, it, it'll let you know about different areas of a, of a certain subject you're looking at. So I, I, I think you're very right in that. That's a very good talking point there. Now, what, you know, kind of off of the frame here, I, I wanted to drill in just for a hot second before we finish out here. But, you know, what is something that you've created that didn't get a ton of recognition, but something that you just really enjoyed creating and you, you were like, man, that was really fun. Didn't really go very far, but I, I really I really enjoyed that. You know, that's a great question, Ryan. And I think that's, you know, many of our lives, that's some of the most important work that we've done, actually. Um, it's the things that were just musings on a Sunday or sort of some tinkering in the garage that, like, sure, maybe it didn't go public or it wasn't even released, but it was something that we were proud of. Um, you know, in my case, it was uh, an app that I worked on previously called Wayfarer. 
And of course, you know, a wayfarer is someone who is, it's kind of got this mystical connotation. It's someone who's searching and discovering um, in this journey of life. And, uh, and we build Wayfarer to be uh, a guide to the city around you. Um, and we're so proud of it. It, it never, it, we published it on the App Store. It had some, some usage, but it never went big. And, um, you know, we ended up needing to fold it. But, uh, you know, many of, the, many of the ideas that were baked into Wayfarer are, uh, they, they are guiding some of the features that we hope to roll out on frame over time. But, you know, in, in, the, in short, Wayfarer was a curated list. And we put a lot of time and effort into this. A curated list of just lovely places to discover in the city around you. So let's say you're in Paris and uh, you love great uh, coffee, you know, specialty coffee. Um, you love hole-in-the-wall restaurants. You know, you don't just want to hit up the usual uh, sort of Expedia, you know, list of touristy places to go to. Like all of that is, you know, at our fingertips. We, we know where to go. Um, when it comes to the most touristy things that you ought to see. But the hidden gems, we really, really wanted to have that, you know, be explorable and at your fingertips no matter where you went in the world. And so uh, we relied upon a network of local guides to curate a list of these hidden gems for cities all over the world. And it was awesome. You know, when I would travel um, anywhere I went, uh, there would be this phenomenal places that the people of that place you know, they'd be able to sort of surface that. And, and so anyway, you can tell how much I still am so compelled by this notion of like, you know, discovering the world through a local guide, like really, really hidden gems being surfaced, um, no matter who you are or where you are. And so um, I, I think that AI and technology like Frame, when you're embedded in a lovely neighborhood, in a beautiful city, they have the promise of delivering that right in front of your eyes in the moment when you need it. Um, or at your beck and call when you ask. So, uh, you know, that, that's something that I worked on before and I was so proud of taking. It was so manual and it was so curated um, that every single item in this list, no matter where you went, it was like handpicked and there was a lot of love and craft there. So, um, you know, we think that some of the best things are not designed to scale, um, but they make them the most meaningful in your life. So I, I was pretty proud of... Uh, the work we did on the Wayfarer app. I, I, I can tell by the excitement in your voice how and, and, and that, that answer, how, how much you enjoyed working on that. And it, it sounds like a cool project too. So I, I, I hear you on that. Um, but we are we are coming up against the time here. I want to reiterate to everyone, pre-orders for the frame glasses are now open with the first batch going out on April 15th. They are 349 bucks. Bobak, can you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and follow you as well? Absolutely. Yeah, you can uh, find us online, um, of course, brilliant.xyz. You can learn more about Frame, about Brilliant Labs. And if you're inclined, you can place your pre-order there. Um, stock is, is going pretty fast, so I encourage you to go and check it out. Um, on Twitter, I'm at B-Tavangar. That's B-T-A-V-A-N-G-A-R. Uh, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. And we will tag you as well on that as well. So everyone can, if you need to go to my Twitter or the ChatGPT Report Twitter or LinkedIn, we will tag it there for you to find uh, him there. So Bobak, really appreciate it. Thank you for your insight into everything. And uh, we will let you get to it and appreciate you having, on, having you on again. Thanks so much, Ryan. This was fun.
Fantastic. ChatGPT, folks, take care. We will see you all on Thursday.